Welcome to episode 14 of the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. I'm your host today, Charlotte Newman, and today we have a very special guest speaker joining us to talk all about her journey in business, from how she started her career at university studying law, has gained experience within all sorts of industries in many different roles, and has now evolved to where she's today, running several successful businesses, including her own podcast, whilst also following her passions. So I'm joined today by Robin Lee. Hi, Robin. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. No, it's so incredibly exciting to have you on our podcast today. Um, and just for the benefit benefit of our listeners, can you just kick off this episode with a bit of background about you, your journey in your career and businesses so far? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's funny that you mentioned my law degree because I I feel like no one really cares about what you did at university when after you, after you <laughs> get to the stage of, you know, post first job. Um, so I don't really ever talk about it, but it was a really good learning curve for me to even start my, I suppose, education and career pathways, because, you know, that was what I always thought that I was going to do. I always thought I was going to be a lawyer. Um, and then I very quickly realized that I wasn't, but also realized that I really enjoyed the degree found it really interesting and I knew that it was going to give me loads of skills so I suppose that that's a a tip for me that I gained in in very early on that was that it's not necessarily the result that is going to you know set you off in the next part of your career but it could be what you gain along the way so you know for example all the skills and everything that I'd gained in that degree and I still remember stuff now that I that I use and I value so anyway decided that wasn't for me went through um, a couple of different things and then I was actually in a really really corporate job for about four years um, which was amazing again in terms of experience you know it was the the best experience and in terms of you know business career I feel like it gave me like 10 years of business experience in four um, because it was so intense and probably I I worked the amount of 10 years as well so (laughs) it was definitely like a 90 to 100 hour a week job um, and very very intense so that was great it taught me a lot and then towards the end of me being there um, I'm sure that some people will relate to this I basically just became really unhealthy in myself so I was never getting any sleep I was eating really badly I'd gained loads of weight I gained like four stone um, without kind of realizing it and I just just all my health markers were basically in the floor Um, and I was really really stressed and very burnt out you know classic burnout situation mm-hmm. um and basically what I did was I started listening to podcasts so I started listening to health and fitness podcasts because I used to drive a lot as well and at that point I just got so into nutrition because I went from knowing literally nothing about it to being completely obsessed because I was listening to all these podcasts and then I just decided that I really wanted to upgrade my own knowledge on a you know an official level um, so I trained to become a nutritionist while still in my job, um, which was ironic as well, because I always said, like, I don't have time for anything. I don't have time for anything extra. I don't have time for this, that and the other. Yet I did then seem to find the time to do a qualification whilst doing this job. So that would be another thing to say that, you know, if you are one of those people, I don't have timers, then maybe you do. Maybe you don't, but maybe you do. So just definitely, you know, look into it. Um, so yeah, I did that. And then I literally, the day I qualified, I quit my job and I started an online nutrition coaching business, 
which I'm sure we'll talk about. So I'm not going to go exactly into the, the ins and outs of that now. Um, I also, at a very similar time, actually started my podcast and also a network marketing business, all kind of probably I started all three within about six months. So a lot of change and a lot of newness in a short space of time. Um, and then since then, I've grown to like help and support other businesses with what they're doing in different industries. So that's led me to be an operations director for two other companies as well. Um, and now that's everything that I do, basically, alongside being about to have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness me. Well, that is an pretty impressive resume. And uh, do you know what I like? She's got so much experience across so many industries. And it's interesting how you touched on the corporate burnout. You know, we actually, um, you know, we've talked about before that a lot of businesses actually start in a recession or because of mm. something happening. Um, you know, so it's a common issue, actually, when people are setting up or starting the business, something that's actually happened. So, yeah. you know, can you just touch? I mean, I know you briefly touched on it, but how did you identify you were burning out? And, you know, obviously, in for our business owners, this is something that might resonate. They might not think that it's happening for them. Mm. Um, but, you know, sort of what were the triggers for that? So it was, I, I can actually tell you the exact point at which I really knew because I remember, um, I mean, obviously, I say I didn't know anything about nutrition, but I knew that you know, pizza wasn't great. Broccoli is probably a bit better. So <laughs> I knew a basic, basic level. And I remember I was going out for a pizza with my friends or going out for dinner. And I was looking at the menu thinking like, what am I going to have? I really hate my body at the moment. I've really put on so much weight. I don't even care. I'm just going to have a pizza. And it was the fact that I didn't care that like woke me up a bit because it was like you literally given up on yourself like come on that's not on <laughs> so I think that that would was for me a very new feeling like I'd you know at least before that I actually cared and when I didn't care it was like no now you need to do something about it this you know this isn't good yeah amazing and I think and you know a lot of people can relate to that feeling anyway in you know especially after the last 18 months you know a lot of our mm -hmm. listeners and probably a lot of our clients they have hit rock bottom we spoke to Liz um uh in our last end of our last series where her business just came out from underneath her overnight and mm. it's and it's that feeling of you know a lot some people like you say pick themselves up and and have the drive to go forward and other people just before you know it realize they've just given up yeah you know and 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 if you you know if you're finding yourself like it's it's one o'clock in the afternoon you're still in your pajamas and you've not brushed your teeth you've not had a shower I mean obviously if you want to do that on the odd occasion like you do you but if you're doing that on a regular basis that's the kind of thing as well that it's like no pick yourself up this is not you you know this is not a driven entrepreneurial person no and the business needs that person yeah. you know we've actually just finished our most recent podcast series um which was um titled the 12 vital ingredients for a successful business and that just looked at the 12 top reasons why businesses fail one of those like you know having um the mindset around it probably wasn't in there but essentially we try to cop you know combat ways and offer practical advice business owners can adopt but I don't think we really touched on you know sort of why people start out in business for, in the first place and why they're driven by it so obviously mm. when you looked at setting up your first business you know why did you decide to become a business owner because you know quite often I, th I think um, rightly or wrongly the obvious step for people is you know do their training in whatever field they want and then they find a job in their chosen field so you now why yeah. did you choose to sap a business rather than you know work in a gym or you know whatever it might be you know you know work as a nutritionist in a company or something like that 
Yeah, so it's an interesting question. And I suppose it it stems back to what you said before as well, that, you know, finding finding a need. So let's say, you know, a recession or um, something like coronavirus, I'm sure, has caused so many new businesses to start. So for me, it was the need that I had. Um, and I knew that what I needed was very personal, um, very, very time effective support with the ultimate accountability. So, you know, my, my services when I started were not they were very bespoke everybody had a different program everybody that I worked with had a different um regime you know it was completely different and it was fully individualized and those were the people that I wanted to work with because I knew that you know if you are working 90 hours a week you're not going to engage with a big group Facebook thing or um you know a one-size-fits-all cookie cutter approach so that was that was what I wanted to create. And because I wanted to create something so specific, I knew I had to kind of do it myself. Um, and also it's interesting as well, because I never really had the attitude of like, you know, some people start their own business because it's like, I'm not working for anyone else anymore. I'm doing my own thing. And, you know, I am I'm my own boss. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I just didn't really have that attitude. It was more the actual product slash service that I wanted to provide that that brought me to doing it myself. Yeah, exactly. So how did you identify then a need or want in the market for that service at the time that you launched? Well, probably didn't do it in a very good way, to be honest with you. I just <laughs> decided, I, I was just really passionate about it myself and decided there must be other people like me. Yes. And then luckily there were. So I think that, you know, actually in hindsight, it's not really the right way to start a business. It's not really the right, or maybe right or wrong is not the correct term, but it's a very risky way to start a business being so convinced by your own product just because you're the only consumer. Like, that's <laughs> not really correct market research, I wouldn't say. Like I didn't really do much market research at all. I was just so convinced and I just kind of went with it and it luckily did work. Um, but what I would say is if I was to start another business now, um, I, I would obviously want to be passionate about it but also take that with a more measured and logical approach of researching and doing market research and figuring out is this definitely required are there definitely other people that have appetite for this not just me because you know I think otherwise you just end up as the crazy business owner that they are their only consumer <laughs> yeah exactly and th you know there's nothing wrong with that and I always think you know business owners are entrepreneurs with a passion for something whether that just be an interest of theirs you know something they fill into a passion project whatever so you know yeah. we, do, we do talk about market research being vital and I think sometimes like you say it might be the under under thought about part of setting up a business but mm. you know if you if you can really figure out um we've touched on this way more in another episode but you know if, if you really can figure out and understand who your market is then actually finding those people and driving the business is usually a lot easier but you know what sort of personality traits on top of that do you feel make a good leader or a business owner to add to that passion for for that project I think that there needs to be a really good balance of um almost like wider emotional intelligence and passion so you know because it's interesting you say that and, and you referenced earlier that I've I've worked and working at various different industries. So from the start to now, I've worked in, you know, health and fitness, obviously, property, cryptocurrency, um, sport and gambling and 
all of these things, you know, most of these things, I don't have a clue about anything to do with the industry, but obviously I learn. But I do think it's about, you know, being able to step back and and understanding the people behind it. So that's where the emotional intelligence part comes in, because that's where I really believe, like, if you've got the skill, you don't need to be an expert on the industry. As long as you've got someone that is, you know, on your team or working alongside you like a co-founder, because you need that understanding of people to be able to grow anything as a leader, you know, to be able to lead and, and, and people want to follow you. You need to have that people skill and emotional intelligence. Um, And then also, yeah, balanced with the passion because, you know, we hear so many amazing stories of resilience of people who got knocked down a million times and then, on time million and one they got their multi-billion pound deal so I think that yeah you have to have that you have to have the emotional intelligence the people skills the passion and the dogged resilience to push it all forwards and like not push it all forwards but actually lead from the front and drive it all forwards from you yeah it's like having a belief in you and your product or service you know that it can work and don't give up at the first hurdle I think that's you know a really nice way to put it you know like we say entrepreneurs they do have a passion for things but they also have this knowledge you know and you know doing the market research around it that this is going to work and you know actually people buy that sometimes more than the product or service just that passion from someone knowing that okay well you know that might need tweaking but they're they're, that person is behind it 100 percent um and obviously you actually touched on um, people management um, and obviously it sounds like you've worked with or for people most of your you know, career, probably including managing them. So what would you say has your, been your biggest challenge when it comes to people management? Um, I would say it probably all, all my challenges were kind of at their peak in that first job that I had, which mm-hmm. obviously is a really good time to be able to learn and train yourself when you are kind of working for someone else and you've got all the support around you. But I actually think looking back, it was probably like personality clashes, which you definitely can get around. Um, you know, it was not necessarily understanding how people tick. So then you rub them up the wrong way and then it almost becomes, you know, you're just managing out of the sake of, well, I'm your manager. And it's almost like a because I said so approach, which definitely isn't right because, you know, you don't really have someone's respect at that with that kind of leadership. You just, you know, they're just doing it because you've said, you've said that they should and they think that they have to because you're their boss. So <laughs> people... Um, personality clashes sorry definitely were a big learning curve for me and then I think um another thing which I think I wouldn't necessarily say that it was a problem but it's something that I have really worked on that has then helped me so much in my I say later career it's not like I'm you know near the end of it but (laughs) later on than earlier has been really helping people to come up with ideas on their own and giving them that autonomy and empowerment wherever they are in the business. So, you know, whether they are literally the caretaker or the CEO, you want them to have their own ideas and feel like whether they have or not, feel like they've come up with the idea and that they're driving it forward. Because obviously everybody really buys into their own ideas before they're going to buy into somebody else's. So if you can make them think that it's their idea even if it's kind of a bit yours then let them take the credit let them you know drive it forward let them take ownership and you'll just save yourself so much time 
and you know it's it's the only thing that would get in your way of that is ego so that's a big thing to not let your ego kind of get in the way which I definitely did at the start like hugely Hmm. yeah I love that and I love the fact that you know we have talked about you know for any business to be successful you're gonna need people in that business to make it work even if that is just your customers and suppliers like Mm -hmm. you know you can't run a business really without people and that you know learning how to manage them and understand them I'm quite passionate about that topic myself in terms of really trying to get into a person's mind and 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 get the best out of them really Mm. um you know and yeah and I love that bit so yeah thank you so obviously you touched on the fact that um you know, you learn a lot from starting your own business um, and you've probably made some good and bad decisions along the way. So, you know, could you maybe share with us some of the things you know you got right and perhaps maybe some of the things looking back you didn't get right, but you've learned from? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think that one of the things that really, really springs to mind is that I didn't get right was that I thought that I knew exactly how to start an online business when I'd actually never ever started an online business so why I thought that I don't know but I just (laughs) did so you know I had put a certain amount of money towards certain things and literally within like a few weeks that money had disappeared because I needed so much more than I thought I needed not to to start an online business you know sometimes a a service-based business especially sometimes you really don't need anything but to actually then get some clients you do so that was the that was the bit that I kind of hadn't really thought about which again sounds really really naive and it probably was but then I suppose it was then a case of like well sink or swim what are you going to do are you going to give up and and go back to corporate or are you going to just persevere and keep going so that's you know then the decision that I made obviously to keep going so that was a really big one and it was a big a big hit on the ego to um, (laughs) to to realize I was totally wrong and then also another thing as well I would say is not necessarily asking enough questions of other people so you know, when I, I probably lost clients at the start when I was doing my nutrition business because I was almost like assuming what they needed rather than really asking them all the time throughout the process. So, you know, obviously it's a very common statement that it's so much easier to retain a client than it is to gain a new one. But I think that I didn't really realize that at the time I was always focused on gaining new clients and didn't really ask the current clients enough and then I just lost them. So mm. probably that as well in terms of learning. So I think, yeah, it's just, it's so much about customer service and providing the best service for people, the most convenient service, whether you do have a biz- a, a product or a service, I think that, you know, it kind of applies to both. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of things that have been good, I would say networking. So networking has just been absolutely incredible for my business um all businesses and everything that I've ever done because you know you just never know who you meet along the way and how they're gonna help you how you're gonna help them I just think like networking is such an amazing thing so whenever you can just get out there and and speak to new people and you know I heard this great thing once that someone was talking about how to network and he was basically saying, you know, if you look around 
people will avoid like the most successful person in the room or the most famous person in the room because they're a bit scared of them. So if you can get the confidence to just make a beeline for that person, then you will take yourself further. Like you just will, because having a higher circle of people and a higher circle of influence, et cetera, is just invaluable. Um, And I'll just tell you a, a funny networking story as well. So I went to a networking group because I had in my goals that I really wanted to get Gary Neville on my podcast. And I didn't know how I was going to get him. I didn't know if I was ever going to, if it's ever going to happen, but I was like, it's going to happen. So sometimes when you are at networking events, they say, you know, tell us what you do, do your 60 seconds or whatever. And then if there's any any specific people that you want to be connected with, just say. And obviously people are saying, you know, like the business owner of XYZ and the operations director of XYZ. And I did my bit and I was like, if anyone knows Gary Neville, can you just let me know? Um, And then someone at the end said to me, I don't know him, but I am going to this event and I think that his circle of friends are going there. So you can come if you want, I'll get you an invite. So I was like, great. So I went, he wasn't there and that was that. And then anyway... I was trying, I I literally went to every single event that he could or would have been at, never met him. I went to one event and he was speaking, but then he had to go early, so there was no Q&A. And then, randomly, um, the day that lockdown kind of started to ease, so it was literally the day that restaurants were opening again, um, I was walking down a street in Manchester and I heard his voice and I was Mm. like, oh my God, that's Gary Neville. And... (laughs) I'd walked back and he was literally there ordering a pizza outside this pizza shop. And I was like, I can't not speak to him now. Like I have to, uh, this is my chance. And this is honestly, this was 18 months after I had decided that I wanted to get him on the podcast. So I literally just went back and I was like, Gary, started talking to him as if he was like a long lost friend. And then he said, do you want a picture? And I was like, no, I don't, but I really want you to be a guest on my podcast. And I've been looking for you for over a year. <laughs> I sound like a right stalker. But anyway, he was like, yeah, well, it's not like I'm doing anything else because like football wasn't even on. He wasn't doing anything. He was doing a few like, you know, lives in the morning for punditry and that was it. And then I got him on the podcast. So yeah, networking and wow. a bit of faith. <laughs> a dogged resilience. <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, that's a brilliant, a brilliant story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, all right. I think all of our listeners will love that bit. Um yeah so what areas of your business then do you wish maybe you'd taken some advice or support or even just a bit of guidance from then um good question probably (laughs) um I think well I kind of would say just make sure you are taking guidance because I think that when I started I was really stubborn and I think it was because of my former job you know I was very institutionalized if I may say and just also because I was quite high up it was it was almost like you do everything on your own you don't need any support you're fine you know what you're doing so get on with it so kind of just took that attitude to business as well and then someone actually recommended to me this absolutely amazing book called Ego is the Enemy which I recommend to people now all the time because I just think it completely changed my mindset on absolutely everything to do with being kind of more coachable and more um more open to people's advice um so I basically read that book and then I became infinitely more open-minded um so I would say it's for me it was more a general point in terms of 
previously I was not open-minded at all if people wanted to give me advice I was like oh god what do I need to hear from you for kind of thing (laughs) um but now I will take advice I'll I will listen to advice from anyone I'm not saying I will always take it Mm. but you know you never know who might say something even if they're in a different industry they're a different level they you know they they could see things from a totally different perspective um and I was actually talking to someone the other day who is quite entry level in a business so you know hourly paid um entry level like the first level of the entire business of a massive 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 company I was just listening to her talking and I just learned so much from her not that she even knew that she was teaching me anything or that she was intending to but just listening to her experiences even though she's entry level was so invaluable to me so I think that that's the thing like know that you can probably learn something from absolutely every single human being that you ever meet and you know be open to that basically yeah definitely and I love that you know it's about being a bit humble as well and it's not Mm. just we're not talking just here right you must get your accountant and your lawyer whatever in order you know just have a group of people around you for support Mm. and they'll all give you something different your friends and family are going to probably be come a bit more protective you know from a protective angle um you know whereas you know if you're paying for that advice it's going to come from maybe a bit more businessy generalized level but you know you can probably take a bit from every place and actually give yourself a balanced view and like you say you take some advice and you won't take other advice but yeah just you know be open to it I think I I really like that point thank you yeah and then also as well in terms of the different people so I think that you know they talk about the five people that you surround yourself with that are the most influential and that is kind of where your life is going to end up going um, when you look at the five people closest to you. But then mm-hmm. I also kind of break that down as well to, you know, you need like a, a cheerleader. So let's say that's your partner. Um, they're always going to be on your side. They're always going to say you look amazing, whether you look like a, you know, you've been dragged through a hedge. Like <laughs> They're always going to basically just be like cheering you on. And then, but then, you know, from the opposite end of the scale, you also need like a coach who maybe you pay um, someone who is actually working for you you to push you forward and give you that tough love hold you accountable and you know not just be your cheerleader like you can't just have five cheerleaders because then you'll just think everything's amazing and you'll never go anywhere but then also you do you can't you can't have five coaches because then you'll just be like battered into the ground so you know you need a bit of a balance as well of the types of people that you're going to for advice like you say yeah I like that and you need someone also to challenge you on things you know yeah, challenge your mindset exactly. as well and not yeah. necessarily from a negative point of view but more to like open up you know thought process and whatnot yeah um, I mean on top of that actually you know how do you continue to grow yourself then as a person and as a business owner because I think it's so important that you know we're always learning and I do think the day you stop learning is the day you go backwards mm. I don't know how you found that but you know you've met you've already touched on the fact that you've you know you've worked on certain things yourself so how do you continue to grow yourself yeah so definitely reading I mean I think reading is so important and again this is not something that I ever used to do I was always a I don't have time for that um but I just think that you know you do have time to read 10 pages a day everybody does it takes 10 minutes um you know look at your screen time if you're spending more than 10 minutes on Instagram you've got 10 minutes to read so that's a big one for me I love reading and then also similar to that but also I listen to audiobooks so if I'm ever driving I've usually got an audiobook on or a podcast because 
again, it's multitasking really. You know, you are driving somewhere anyway. You might be driving somewhere for an hour or three. So, you know, you could listen to an entire book in that time and gain so much value. So definitely that. And then also, you know, similar to what we said before, but always speaking to people and seeing how you can grow your business. So another thing that I actually really like to do is I like to look at what other businesses are doing that are nothing to do with my industry, but are aimed at the same target audience. So let's say, you know, your target audience is, um, you know, men who like sports. I don't know why that just came into my head, but let's, <laughs> so then you want, you want to look at, you know, other brands that are targeting men who like sports, like look at sports clothing brands, look at watch brands, look at um, technology brands, look at car brands. Um, it doesn't matter what your product or service is, but you can learn so much by the marketing approach that they're taking and the different kind of music that they're using in their advertisement and the different models and, and all of that stuff. And you can, because you, you can bet that they've spent millions and millions on their on their research to get to that end product. So you just need to look at the end product and you've kind of taken the value of all their millions and millions of pounds worth of research. So that I think is a, a really good thing to grow yourself and your ideas and your creativity as well. Brilliant, that's a great tip um, for everyone out there. So um, I just wanted to sort of go back to the beginning that you obviously started by saying that you were working 90 to 100 hour weeks. Yeah. So how much time do you spend working on your businesses now? I mean, hopefully that is obviously come down. And do you have like a bit more of a better of that elusive work-life balance people talk about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, to be honest, I don't, I, I would say it's, it's at least halved. Um, wow. And and then and also what I am much better at now which I definitely I didn't even know that I should be doing never mind if I could do it or not is actually being much more disciplined with my time in terms of boundaries so you know if if work needed me I was there if I needed to go in at four in the morning I was there if I needed to stay till midnight I would say um I don't I wouldn't do that now because I just not because I don't care anymore because I actually probably care more than I did but it's more because when you look at things really from a from an objective perspective you can see is this actually urgent do I absolutely need to do this now probably not I'm gonna go home and be with my family or whatever it is and I'll do this tomorrow or someone else will figure it out on their own and I don't need to handhold everybody um because I think that's also a reason why we end up working a million hours is because we just think well if I don't do it then it's not going to get done right but actually you have to let people sometimes realize that they'll they will do it well or realize that they didn't do it well you weren't there and you better do it right next time so you know helping people learn um and then I think also from a work-life balance perspective so many of the things that I do now I absolutely love so you know whereas before um it was really draining me and it was getting to the point where I just can't do this anymore because I definitely didn't love it at all now I love everything that I do so I genuinely wouldn't do anything if I if I fell out of love with it. Um, so I think that it feels very different, the kind of hours that I'm putting in now to the kind of hours I used to put in because it's just coming with such different intentions, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And we've always talked about choosing the next thing that you do um, 
being based on your goals or your strategy. And obviously that decision needs to be based on your biggest return on investment for your business. And I think also, you know, building into that, you know, if it's not something you love doing or want to do, you know, can you get someone else to do it as well? You yeah. know, and, and having yeah. that sort of balance in it. And I think that's, you know, really important. So, yeah. So if you yeah. could maybe change one thing then about your journey, what what would it be about any of your journey? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I know this is a really cheesy answer, but I actually don't think I would change anything because I then I feel like I wouldn't be where I am now. Um, and I think that I would say that I am lucky in the sense that I've never had, I wouldn't say I've like hit rock bottom in anything. I mean, maybe some other people would look at my life and say that I had, but, and maybe it's my attitude that makes me think I haven't, I don't know, but I, I don't think I have, in which case I feel like everything that has kind of happened, I've used as a bit of a springboard to the next thing. Um, so I just the answer is nothing sorry to be boring no, no that's do you know what I really love your honesty and do you know the one reason why I like asking that question is because I think you know people who run their businesses don't change anything because every 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 hurdle every failure is a way to learn mm. you know and actually it shows you know interviewed quite a few people most people say the same thing because they've learned something from it. So there's nothing yeah. to change. And, and mm. you know, I, I do like that part of it. So it's it's not boring at all. You know, it's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it wasn't a trick question either, by the way. I was just... <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, then. So obviously, um, we're so, sort of coming near the end now. But obviously, I want to just wrap up finally. You know, if you had one piece of advice to give someone who is maybe just starting out in the business or stuck in a bit of a rut for whatever reason in the last year or whatever, or they just don't know which path to to take first you know do you have any advice um for listeners about what that might be yeah definitely I think that from experience and also just from seeing my peers and and colleagues the ones who are not able to kind of look from a bird's eye view are the ones who get very very flustered and end up just very bogged down and stuck in a rut like you say so basically what I think you need to do is get out of it look look down on it rather than just be so in it and then all you can see is you know two centimeters ahead of you in each direction so how to do that is really and again this is a hard thing because it's not the it's not the innate reaction to I'm really stressed and I'm stuck in a rut it's take some time away and that doesn't mean like go on holiday and go and watch tv it means take some time away from being so in the business and actually work on yourself so that can be anything from you know like doing some reading or doing some meditation or doing going on a run or you know whatever it is that helps you clear your mind um and then basically have the aim to be looking almost from a bird's eye view which is less emotional and less emotionally attached to it to be able to figure out what actually needs to be changed because if you can do that all the time you know you're always looking at it from a perspective of the bigger picture and that brings me to kind of what we said at the start you know it really is that balance of being really passionate about what you're doing but also having the intelligence to look at it from an external perspective as well and you might need someone to help you with that if you are so in it but that would be my first thing to suggest because that I feel gives you then the clear mind to actually then make a plan. 
Yeah, I, I completely and utterly agree. And I'm off to the beach now, so <laughs> that's my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so thank you um, for joining us today, Robin. I could probably talk to you all day. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you uh, on our podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's been great. Oh, thank it's you. been useful to your listeners. Oh, extremely. I'm, I'm sure I've learned some, uh, definitely learned some things today. And I hope everyone else there has been able to just resonate and sort of, you know, understand you know and um, click with them what you've said so Mm. yeah brilliant so next week will be our last episode in this 12 vital ingredients series i want us to therefore look back what we've learned and talk in detail about systems why you need them if you don't have them and how they will be the backbone of your business's success when you put them into place so if you have any questions on this topic or any others we've been discussing please email them over to inquiries at a4g-llp.co.uk In the meantime, head to our social media at A4G Chartered Accountants or alternatively, check out our website at www.a4g-llp.co.uk, which is full of free tools, guidance and plenty of food for thought to help your business start up the right way and beyond. I've been your host, Charlotte, and this is Let's Get Down to Business.